0: It is Victory Monday, November 7th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who needs no introduction. Thank you very much and welcome in. My name is J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Victory Monday, and we've got a busy two hours ahead. Coming up, Pete Priscoe. For now, Tony Baselli. at some point. We'll hear from the Hall of Famer. Jaguars 27, Raiders 20, the final yesterday at the bank. Plenty of Fanatics fan questions coming up in the second hour. We'll go around the National Football League as well. On a busy weekend. And the Jaguars got it done. They snapped a five-game losing skid yesterday, rallying from a 17-0 deficit to get it done. The Jags defense pitched a second-half shutout. And Lawrence was efficient, certainly in the second half. He only missed one pass the entire third and fourth quarter combined. Etn grinding out yards still, and the Jags got a team win. Doug Peterson after the ball game on the improvement that came.
1: You, you don't want to put too much emphasis on wins and losses, but this is a this is a step in the right direction. You know we've been really close, as you guys know, uh, over the course of the season, and, and um, you know it, it's great to see our team finish. It's great to see. Our defense finish offensively in the second half, make plays. I mean, just special teams, the the great return to start the second half. Um, it's all steps in the right direction, right? And and, and um, it's something now that we can build upon. Uh, guys have that feeling, kind of their, the taste in their mouth, and and uh, we just got to capitalize and keep keep improving.
0: More to come from Doug Peterson earlier today, a little bit later on the show. Now to the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence finished today, 25 of 31, passing for 235 through the air and a touchdown. He ran for 53 yards as well, but it was a full team effort for the quarterback.
2: Really just playing complimentary ball. Obviously, not every play is gonna go your way. There was plays today, both sides of the ball that that, that the other team made. You know, we had a turnover early um, and we were driving in the red zone and you know, obviously you don't want that, and we'll learn from that one, but that's, like, stuff's going to happen in games, and you got to be finding ways to overcome them, and I think that was the coolest thing is we found ways to overcome them today. It's not like we played perfect, but um, we found a way to win. So That's
0: the quarterback, of course, and a sweet Jaguar chain there. Also, if you're watching on video. And now to the defense, a
3: second-half
0: shutout for the D. one. Smoot had a two-sack game.
3: We're, we're focusing on finishing. I mean, that, that's been a problem for the last five to six weeks was finishing. We, we, we weren't able to finish those last couple games, but today we did. So that, that's how we focused on We're going to keep finishing and keep doing exactly what we did today.
0: That's DeJuan to Smoot, sixth year with the Jaguars. The full press conferences and media availability from the locker room after the game available on jaguars.com. Let's go now to South Florida and welcome in CBS Sports Senior Writer Pete Prisco after a Jaguars victory at long last, Pete. They got it done. It wasn't pretty, but it counts. How are you?
4: Yeah, but I'm good, JP. I hope you're good, too. Look, all coming right. off of, um, all the stuff that's happened to them to rally back from 17 down, they could have folded up and gone home. I mean, they didn't. And, and that's the that's a really good sign for that team. And, and it's a really good sign for the quarterback. Remember, last week, there was foolishness coming out of Jacksonville. Fans wanted him benched and sit him down, and maybe he's not the guy. And it's just foolishness. It's just stupid. Um he showed on Sunday, and it wasn't, you know, dynamic by any stretch of the imagination. And I think you used the word efficient. It might have been a little bit better than efficient, but it was it was dark. There were some throws he made oh, yeah. on Sunday. The one where he got pressured in the pocket, uh, and and I think he hit Marvin Jones on the sideline. He had a guy just staring him down the gun barrel. That was a great throw. He made a great throw on the sideline to Christian Kirk. And what you saw, JP, was a quarterback who was throwing on time and in rhythm. And by that, I mean, guys were coming out of their break and the ball was in the air already. You know, that, that hasn't always been the case with him uh, this year, particularly when he was going through his little slump. But yesterday was fantastic for him. I, I thought it was his best game and he moved and he got it. You know, he was able to run with his legs. Um, one one little bit of caution for him here on the one long run. Yeah. Quarterbacks in this league keep doing that, looking like they might go down, and they don't, they're going to get blasted. So they got to be careful with that. Yeah, at and he's not the only one. I I saw a bunch of them yesterday on Sunday where these quarterbacks, they kind of and go to his, if we can get his long run up on the thing, that would be fun, fun to see. But he looked like, you know what I'm talking about? It looked like yeah. he was going to go down and slide and guys are pulling up a little bit. Next thing you know, he kept going. I saw that about three or four times on Sunday and guys are going to start taking those shots and, and yeah. they're going to start getting hit. It's worth the, yeah. I
0: mean that, that,
4: there it, it is it worked, right here. It worked look. out. We're watching on the,
0: it on Jaguars.com. He right there. Covered, he looks covered, like he let, hey,
4: yeah. he let up, he's let, and they let up on him. <laughs>
0: he covered the ball what? up like he was going to dive forward a little bit, maybe leaning, right. uh, you know, hey, at some point he'll, he'll take a lick and, and maybe not do that anymore. Um, you know, for me, Pete, at least early in the game, it was 17 nothing. It's bleak in here, right? I mean, the fans are going nuts it, in this studio. It's just like, oh, well, here we go again. But that drive right after, Vegas went up 17 nothing. The Jags go down the field. They get ten plays, seventy-five yards. They converted a couple third downs on that drive. There was a third, and there was a second and sixteen at one point, by the way. And um, Lawrence hit ETN for eight yards, and then the scramble for sixteen to convert on third and eight kept it going. They got a third and one conversion to ETN up the middle, and then here we go with a touchdown. If they don't score that one right there, it could get away in a hurry. It at least kept it within reach. It's at 17-7 at that point, and that could have gotten out of
4: hand in a hurry. You know, it was weird. It was 17-0 though, JP, and 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 there was a bust in the secondary. Um, you know, on the one long touchdown to Adams, there were they. It was a oh, yeah. kind of a cool play. Oh yeah, slow it was, played it. We and talked then about Cisco it. Was like you're
0: your uncle on Thanksgiving, drawing up a play in the yard, like the, Hey, fake the end around, put it on my hip. Oh, I'm going to throw it to the open guy. That's what it felt.
4: like, Right. And then, and Cisco got turned around and fell over and it was wide open. And, and then the one touchdown, the other touchdown, Tyson Campbell was right there. He's got, again, that's ball skills. He got to turn around and make the play on that ball, but he was right there was good coverage. And it wasn't like they were dominating that game. I didn't think. And, And so you knew there was an opportunity to come back. And with that Raiders defense, I mean, if you block them up front, you beat them because they're not great in the back end. And that's what happened. They, they did a good job of protecting them. Um, you know, Crosby had a couple pressures, but it wasn't great. Chandler Jones and those guys, they didn't do a lot at all. So um, I thought they had a chance to come back. But coming back from 17-0, I don't care who you're playing. that That's a big deal for a young team. That That's the kind of game we kept saying. There's got to be one where you learn how to win that might be the one where they learned how to win on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and you know, they're they're down 13 after Vegas kicks a field goal following that touchdown. It was 17 nothing. Jags score the touchdown 17-7. Carlson hits a field goal, so it's a 13-point game, and all of a sudden, it's, um, you know, about four minutes or so uh, when they started the Raiders drive, and then the Jaguars go down and get a field goal right at the final gun of the half, so the middle eight of the game is talked about a lot, right? You got you can flip the possessions there. They got the field goal, got back within 10, and then the opening drive of the second half starts with a bang with the kickoff return, and here we are in, in Raiders territory, and they punch it in and back within three, and it's game on from that point. I think that, that kind of turned the whole thing when they got that field goal before half, obviously, and then the kickoff return to jumpstart the second half was huge.
4: Yeah. And and again, uh, you know, like you said, coming in and out of the out of the break is enormous. Uh, I mean, you get that field goal. If you don't get that field goal, you're down 13. But here and then you come back out and you get you rip the kick. Uh, And when you rip the kick, that gives life to a team that, you know, was down 10. And they probably went in the locker room and said, hey, look, we got to get a quick play, get some big plays. And next thing you know, we're back in this game. We're only down three. And that's what they did. And again, I go back to what I've been saying for the last four weeks. They have to learn how to win. Those are the kind of things you do when you're learning how to win. You get back in it and flip the pressure back onto the other team. And the pressure from that point on went back to the Raiders. And once they cut it to three, it was back on the Raiders. Once they took the lead, it was back on the Raiders. So it stayed on the Raiders. So I I think those are the kind of things that they weren't doing. And this time they held the lead. I mean that's the other thing, JP. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they've had the lead, they just haven't held it.
0: That's Pete Prisco, I'm JP Shadrick. Tony Baselli, the Hall of Famer coming up shortly on Jaguar's Happy Hour. And let's talk about that defense because that's been under the microscope, certainly late in the fourth quarter of the last few weeks, blowing those leads, giving up big plays at inopportune times, late in games, a touchdown, and Indy, of course, the opening play of the game-winning touchdown drive for Denver in London was a long pass on a first-down play. Uh, Flipped the field in that situation. They didn't have any of those this week, and and they made the sack when it mattered, too. Dewan Smoot had a nice day at the office, had two sacks in the game, including that third down on, what could have been the the comeback drive for Vegas late. So they finally found some of those plays. Somebody make a play, right? I mean, that's what we've been asking the last month. And somebody finally made a play. Smoot was one of those guys yesterday.
4: Yeah, he was, and he's a good football player. I mean, he's he's a good guy to have around, and he's a, he can rush from the inside. He's done a nice job in there, and that's where that sack came from the inside. He got one on the inside later in the game when he beat the he beat the right guard right here. You can see it when he gets him down. Yeah. Um, it's a nice versatility to have. He's a good third down rusher. And he's the leading sack guy on the team. I mean, Five, that's five-o. a good thing and a bad thing, by the way. It's a good thing for Dwayne Smoot. It's a bad thing for Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. They, they, they're they not getting home. And you even saw that in the game on Sunday. There, was, there wasn't there was a great pass rush. He had time. He had plenty of time early in that game to do whatever he wanted to. And again, Trayvon Walker's a really good football player. Josh Allen, a really good football player. But right now, they're not great pass rushers. And, and that's part of the problem with that defense right now.
0: So what do you do with those guys? Let them play still, right? They,
4: well, I mean, I, I think with Trayvon Walker, he's just got to learn how to use his hands and, and learn how to use his – I mean, the athletic ability is amazing. You saw the one play where he chased it down 30 yards down the field. I mean, that's just incredible. You don't see men that big being able to do that. But then you put on the tape, and I watched it you know, this afternoon, and you see him running smack dab, and Tony says it all, all the time. He knows because he played the position. Smack dab into the center of the two numbers on Colton Miller time and time again. All day, all day he did that. And you got to, you know, get – once in a while you can do that. But when you get into the middle of them, you got to get your hands off of him and swim through him and, and use your moves and develop some moves. And he doesn't have them right now. And – you know, they're going to come because he's too good an athletic player and he's too tough. He's a physical kid. They will come. He he will ultimately be a really good pass rusher. I don't know if he's ever going to be an explosive edge dynamic pass rusher, but he's going to be a good one because he has all the tools to do it. He just hasn't learned how to do it yet. As for Josh Allen, Josh Allen's another one. He's has got some pressures. He's getting some pressures, but they're not getting him on the ground. And he's a good football player. They, they both hold the point in the run game. They're both good against the run. They both get, you know, push in the pocket. They're just not getting the quarterback on the ground. But they look like they're going to start coming – and this might not be a bad week for that to happen for those two guys, by the way, uh, considering who you play this week in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, pressure would be key in this game. And, and don't let him get out of the pocket either Then uh, do all that stuff that he does down yeah, the keep field.
4: Yeah, keep him contained. That, that's part of the diff- difficulty of rushing him, which is why, and we saw that on Sunday night, is you got to get pressure inside and hope your outside guys can can hold him inside. There were times on Sunday night where they didn't do it. I mean he threw for 450 yards and got outside the pocket and ran for 60. You got to keep him in there. And if you keep him in there then you have a chance to get some inside pressure, but uh, that's you know that's spinning it forward, but the whole season it's been that way. Those two guys have not got the quarterback on the ground enough.
0: He threw it 68 times last night. Yeah. Is that right. That's amazing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's I mean, back at
0: Texas Tech or something. That's unbelievable.
4: It was incredible. well, they were behind the whole game <laughs> right. and then uh and then uh you know, that's who they are. They gotta throw the ball around and they found a way to win that game and you know, but I'll tell you what, Tennessee Jacksonville has the same type of tough physical big team that could bother him. You know, that up front. They don't they're not dynamic pass rushers, but they're big, tough guys and they can rush from the interior, so It'll be interesting to see what they do, but still not getting the quarterback on the ground enough, JP, for my oh, liking.
0: I don't know. It feels like you're warming up to next week's game is what it sounds like no. to me, Pete, already. Sounds no. like, you're, you know, I no. think that your glass is no. half full on this Monday.
4: No. no. No, but imagine if they had won a few of those games, though, that oh. they blew those <laughs> yeah. leads on. I mean, they would be – Tony might have been right. They might have flexed that damn game. You, you know what's
0: funny, though? It is the A broadcast crew for CBS calling the game this week. Nance and Romo are on the game,
4: Pete. But that? it didn't get flexed to Sunday night like Tony no, said, they so didn't. he can't take credit for that.
0: Oh, Nance and Romo—they're going to do the game.
4: So yeah, that—I mean, it's good. That's good for Jacksonville. That's good exposure for them, you know, to be able to do that kind of game. And uh, hey, go win one! That the division's the division right isn't there. over.
0: Oh, far from it. Tennessee's what five and three now, and you start winning yeah. a couple games here there, and hey, get to and the December. And you play them
4: twice, yes. and you play them twice. Go, go, go! Win some games. Sounds like you, you, you. Sounds you like you. Yeah. If you go to Kansas City and win, and go to your bye week. At, you know, with four victories, you'd be happy about that.
0: Sounds like Pete's warming up, folks. I'm telling no. you, he's getting hot. He's getting hot no, on the Jaguars. Not. No, yes, he's he not. Is. yes, he is. Uh, you know who else is hot on the Jaguars? It's Tony Baselli. We're out to him. He's had a heck of a day. We'll uh, hear from the Hall of Famer coming up in just a little bit later. Of course, in the second hour, the Fanatics fan questions will go around the NFL. Plenty to get to. We are basking in the glow of a Jaguars victory over the Raiders, 27-20. The final score yesterday here at the bank. We'll return with more offensive talk and efficient offense yesterday, certainly in the second half in a rally down 17-0. The Jaguars fought back to win it 27-20. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit priproductions.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network.
5: When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010 XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Some of the guys in the some of the Raiders guys are like, "Man, why you gotta get the ball out so fast?" Like, I, I've had to learn the hard way, you know. So I've I've learned my lessons, you know. That's still a lot more I'm gonna learn years to come and games to come, all those things. It's it's a growing experience, but. Um, I think just for my for my confidence, for the team's confidence, just for us to be able to bounce back as a whole, and and go and win this game, especially under the circumstances that we were in early, um, I think it says a lot about um, yeah myself, but also just this whole team. We got a bunch of fighters and, and guys that aren't going to quit. And uh, same thing, like I told you guys, we started two and one and, and won those two games back to back, and we're playing great. It doesn't really matter what other people say. It's always about us, and that's what Coach has been saying to us. And obviously. We've had some ups and downs this season, but it's a long season. Um, so, you know, we're, we're just looking forward to being able to, you know, hopefully ride this momentum and, and use this juice this week. Obviously, we got a big game in Kansas City. Um, great challenge for us. So, we'll, we'll enjoy it today and we'll get back to work tomorrow.
0: Back to work. That's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, and for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory, and go Jags. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, we're on 1010XL, AM, Jaguars.com, Jags social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and also on Twitter at J.P. Shadrick, at Prisco CBS we head to New Orleans, Louisiana. And that blur you saw driving through the states of Alabama and Mississippi today and Louisiana was the Hall of Fame left tackle, Tony Buscelli, making his way to the Superdome for Monday Night Football. You've arrived in the Big Easy, Tony, in one piece. Good afternoon. What
3: is up? Sorry I'm late, but it was uh, out of my control. A little at the uh, Atlanta airport Got me all sideways.
0: That happens. So wait, uh, Mother so Nature wait. wins.
4: Nice of you to show up, by the way. But what what are you talking about? What what happened? T- explain to me. So I
3: I got on my flight. We had the game yesterday. I'm doing the game in New Orleans tonight. So I got on my flight at 7 a.m. We leave the gate, and the uh, pilot comes over, and says, uh, "We are ground. We are stuck on the ground here because there's fog in Atlanta. We're going to be here for an hour." And so we ended up taking off a half hour late instead of an hour, landed, but then we sat on the runway in Atlanta for another 10, 15 minutes. So long story short, I missed my connection to uh, New Orleans, and there was every other flight until uh, 6 p.m. tonight was sold out. So I got a rental car, and I drove from Atlanta to New Orleans, and I just arrived. <laughs> How long did that take you? Six hours and 15 minutes, Pete. I took, oh, uh, my I stopped, God. I stopped uh stopped, got a coffee in Atlanta right away, and then 4.15 in, I had to go to the bathroom so bad, I found a, a, a gas station in Mississippi, you know, right on the border of Mississippi and Louisiana, and uh, ran in there, It was like, I was like a NASCAR
4: pit stop, ran in there, took a leak, and
3: <laughs> come back in the car. Nah,
4: you you had to buy something to eat, too. No, yeah. I've you not eaten,
3: Pete, this is not a lie, I've not eaten <laughs> a bite of food since last night's dinner.
4: Wow. Now, no, wait a second. When you impossible. go into that convenience store to, to take a leak, <laughs> why don't you buy something to eat? A honey Good bun, question.
0: something, Fair a Snickers bar, something. Like, get something the there. Line
4: was, the line
0: was 10
3: deep.
4: Oh, because lo- so a like, lottery or something?
3: Yeah, there's
4: people lottery tickets.
3: And I'm like, I got to go. I can't wait here for 10 minutes.
4: So uh-huh. then maybe you pull over down the road and stop at the next convenience store. Pete, I'm trying to I was trying to make it here on time. And then, you
3: know where the Hyatt is, right, connected right around the block?
4: From the Superdome. It was 50
3: cars deep to get into the valet. So I was here in time to start the show. Then I had to drive around the block in public park, pay for a meter, carry my bags
4: across the street into the Hyatt. So right now, as of right now, you have nothing in front of you to eat. Nothing. I've had no time. I ah, was going to say uh, you're starving,
3: Pete, then. Pete, he looks
0: thinner than normal. I was wondering really what was does, going he on. He
4: does look thinner than normal.
0: He does. I mean, I,
4: you do. Maybe, so... maybe he should go on the fogged-in plain diet every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good look. Maybe, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Maybe
0: you're you know, to I fan. can't
4: imagine the towns you went through. <laughs> oh my gosh.
3: <laughs> amazing it was crazy it was nuts that's a
0: that's a drive now from atlanta to montgomery to mobile to through the the mississippi portion there and across the bridge and yeah
4: see here here's the thing if you had the gold jacket in your luggage all the time somebody might have flown you private into new orleans
0: (laughs) Right. Or how about this? Or if you're wearing it in the car and you get pulled over, hey, just show the crest, right? Hall of I'm going
4: nine I know I'm going with 95, but I am a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, D- come sir, on, Tony. you got to get that. You got to use that thing to your advantage. Oh,
3: I mean, Pete, what do you want me to do?
4: I had no choice. Oh man, that's what it is. What so- happened? You hadn't made the game. Like for us, we could have dealt with not having you. The ratings would have gone up. But Huge. if you didn't make the game, you were supposed to do. for for Westwood One, what would they have done?
3: Um, I didn't want. I didn't want to find out.
4: <laughs> Good
0: point. Um, yeah, no doubt. You made it though. You're there and you're here, and we're glad that you're there and here all at the same time. That's Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco, JP Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. So hey JP,
4: I- one thing I want to say before we get on to uh, football. Yeah. J- Judy Coughlin, Tom Coughlin's wife, passed away last yes. week. Yes. And. My condolences to the entire family. I've known them all for a long time. They're great people. She was a great lady, a great lady. I mean, absolutely phenomenal Um, and always treated me and my wife with the utmost respect. I mean, I, I used to see. It was funny. When I first got married, I used to take my wife to the league meetings and Tom and Judy would be there. And it was kind of like the same joke we told each other. Tom would always look at my wife and say, you must be some kind of saint to be with that guy. And I'd look at Tom and say, she is a saint to be with you for sure. And I'll tell you what, she was she's a great lady. And my condolences go out to the to the entire Coughlin family. I've known them for a long time and um, just, you know, I know it's a tough time, but she was a great lady.
3: Yeah, Pete, I would just echo that. I mean, um, I talked to Tom last week after Judy's passing, and they were our neighbors in uh, Marshland. Literally, lived across the street from us. And uh, Judy is one of the finest people I've ever met. And the way she treated my wife um, when we were first married, and you know, pressures of football, and you know, me playing. And she was uh, she was an amazing woman, and, and my wife loves her, and I love her. And and I, the funny thing is, I I told Tom the story uh, this past week. You know, I'd come home complaining about Tom, you know, and you know how miserable it was, and so on and so forth, and how mean he was, and and she would reprimand me, and how great they were as a family, and how great Tom and Judy were. And she didn't realize that she was getting the best part. She was getting Judy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in Tom all the time, <laughs> and, uh, and and it was it's um it's been I know it's been tough on the whole family and tough on Tom and uh, and we lost a great great person and Judy Coughlin and uh, and it was a sad day when she passed away. Absolutely,
0: well said, guys. Uh, let's come back in a moment. We'll get back to football when we return and get into this offense. Trevor Lawrence. We'll get Tony's take on the game. Hey, what an idea. After he's arrived in New Orleans, the Jaguars win at 27-20 over the Raiders. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network.
5: Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville Sports Fans 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Monday. The Jaguars have won a football game. They snapped a five-game losing skid with a 27-20 win over the Raiders yesterday. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Briscoe and Tony Baselli, basking in the glow of this victory. And Tony joining us now from New Orleans. Hey, um, Pete and I were talking about it, obviously, in the first segment when you were walking from the public parking lot with your bags behind you. But, um, hey, the, the Jaguars were down 17 nothing in this game. And that drive right after it was 17 nothing. they go down the field, convert two third downs on the drive. Uh, Trevor uses his legs to convert one of those. They get it in the end zone, at least keep it somewhat close. And then the middle eight of the game gave up a field goal, hit a field goal, right at the gun at halftime, scored to open the second half, and, and there you go. It's a three-point game, and it's game on in the second half. The defense stood up and made plays at key times to shut them out, Tony, and the offense is about as efficient as you could find in the second half of that game, and they got it done somehow.
3: Well, I mean, he, I mean JP, everything you said is exactly right, and I think my favorite part about what this team did on Sunday is show the mental, some mental toughness. And and I give Doug and that all that the whole team a ton of credit because at 17 nothing every fan of the Jaguars every person in the stadium which would include fans and Raider fans everyone in the media anyone who covered the NFL was thinking that that game was over and that the Jaguars were getting ready to get blown out and. For them to fight back, get that key touchdown drive down, seventeen nothing, when nothing was going their way, and Trevor wasn't playing well. There was no production, there was no rhythm, there was no energy. And then to get that late field goal, um, and to come out the way they did in the second half, we can talk about the physical play and what they did, and how well Trevor played. And then ETN is going to be a, is a really good back, and the offensive line is playing a high level. Vaughn Smoots, their best pass rusher on this team. I um, you can go through the individual kind of performances, which I'm sure we will. To me, though, the biggest thing was that team grew yesterday. They have mental toughness, and that will give them confidence that they're never out of it. And no, regardless of what happens in the game, that they can come back and find a way to win.
4: That was huge. I agree, Tony. I, that's exactly what I said. That's the game where you learn how to win. They learned how to win. You know, up until we—that's all we talked about. They didn't know how to win. Well, they—they they learned how to win on Sunday, and and that's going to be a big deal going forward for a, a a young football team. And and to do it, you know, the way they did it, coming from 17 down, is is big. And then held it. That's that's the biggest thing. They haven't held them all year. They finally held the lead. That's that's the that's an important thing for that defense. And you know, when you look at it, and i, I don't know if you watched, you probably didn't watch the tape since you were in the car all day today, but you watch the tape and and you look at it, you go there were some really good things, but there wasn't anything on defense that where you went, wow, you know, it wasn't, they're still not getting home at, on the pass rush. We talked about me and JP talked about that earlier, you know, Smoot did, but Walker and, and Allen aren't, um, you know, and they just, it was good sound fundamental football, but it wasn't wow, your football, there was a, a bad bust on, you know, Cisco was terrible on that touchdown to, to uh, Adams. He's spinning around like he's a, uh, you know, he fell, and uh, and then, you know, I thought Campbell was good on the one coverage. He got ball skills. That's what we always talk about. Turn around and make a play on the ball. But other than that, they didn't give up a ton to the Raiders. It was, you know, the Raiders didn't really do it and on offense. Trevor Lawrence was as efficient and as good as he's been all year. Yeah, I, mean,
3: I agree with everything. I thought they I thought they did a poor job in the first half. Of of, they were trying to roll the coverages, but they executed better in the second half to Devontae Adams. I mean, they, I mean, him getting off for nine catches with two touches and, you know, 145 yards in the first half was just, I mean, he was all they had. And, and I, I, the adjustments that were made at halftime and how they came out and corrected that were outstanding. I'm I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked that Derek Carr, like, didn't look at someone else when they were rolling coverage to Devontae Adams. (laughs) I'm like, throw it somewhere else.
4: Well, the one time he got the tight end um, when he snuck, they snuck, they rolled, they rolled that way, and he came back the other way, and and Trayvon Walker made a great play to go chase chase him down, but he was wide open too. There were other plays you could see he had guys open and he didn't he didn't throw to him. Uh, you know, why was um, Brown in the game at corner instead of uh, Herndon? Was there something that, that I mean because they I, were
3: road- I, I, yeah, I th- I think after last week, Pete. And the uh, you know late in that game when Trey got beat deep in that bump and run, right? I don't think they have a lot of. I think they want some more speed on the field. If I think for maybe one thing, if Trey was going to be your nickel, you probably could get away with that a little bit because he's physical and he's smart and he's a really sound football player. But he just does not have the speed to run outside if you want to play man. And Mike Caldwell wants to play man, and I think Montero Montero Brown. Um, while inexperienced, unproven, can run better. I think they're trying to get him some reps out there and see if he can help them.
4: What'd you call him?
3: <laughs> Montavious? If, if, Not, if you nah. weren't going yeah, there, he's was going to go there. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep trying. Yeah, I don't, I thought that's what his name was. I literally, <laughs> until I showed up, I, I didn't even know he was up.
0: Monteric. Was Monteric. Oh, Mon- Monteric. Monteric.
3: Monteric. 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 Oh, Monteric. I apologize, Monteric. I, I had your name wrong. No, by the promise. way,
4: by the way, this was linked to I'm, the.
3: Peter, I'm a little out of, I'm
5: a little out of whack right now. No, but it's no. no but
4: I got look. This is this is a link to the NFL because here's why. I'll tell you why. You you you, names in any human being in America. But I work with Rick Spielman, who was the former GM of the Vikings. He multiply your botches by five thousand, and that's what he does. It must be some, something to do with being in the NFL. You just never get the name right. That guy, that guy, that guy, number 44,
0: you know? <laughs> right, call him by number. Yeah, that's it.
4: Well, I,
3: I don't know if I botch him all the time, Pete. I, I know there was a guy last year. It was either
4: last year or the year before as
3: an offensive lineman who you literally said his name wrong
4: 15 times in a row. And I still can't say his name
3: right.
0: <laughs> he, finally, he finally just called him He finally just called him stiff instead of his yeah, name. Him yeah, him yeah. There, that's what he
4: is. Um but, look, that, that I'm in agreement with Tony. They need to get his – he actually did some good things, Brown, yesterday. He did some good things in coverage. I mean, it's not great. Yeah, but I,
3: I didn't watch. I can't even, I don't really want to comment. I mean, I didn't watch the tape to your point yet. Hmm. But, but you said a, something about not getting home on the pass rush, Pete. Duan, Smoot's get, Duan Smoot gets home. From the inside, though. Yes, I get that. He's, I, he's I, their best pass rusher. He needs to play more.
0: At this at this point, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. Just get get it from somewhere,
4: right? But but again, it, it, I'm talking about edge rush, knock the quarterback down, rush, beat the tackle, rush, and you're not seeing enough of that from from. And, and Tony, I I still it was early in the season, and you made this assessment, and you're spot on. It hasn't changed. He run Trayvon Walker runs right smack dab into the middle of the numbers of the tackle every single time. Colton Miller just stood there and let him come to him every time, every single time. And there's no get your hands off me. Nothing. He just barrels right into him, right smack in the middle of the numbers every time. It's not to the edge of the numbers. It's not to this side of the numbers. Right in the middle every time. He did it all day on Sunday. And, it's a, and the kid's such a powerful kid that sometimes he pushes him back. If he just gets a move or two, he's gonna be a really good pass
3: rusher. Yeah, he, he shocks people. Even when he goes right down the middle, he he pushes them and squeezes the pocket. But you only can do that so many times. I mean, you get you know, throughout the game. Guys start sitting on it and everything else. You have to have something to change it up with, and he just doesn't at this point. And something's gotta be going on with Josh Allen. He can't I don't think he's healthy. I don't know anything, but his he was creating pressure early in the season, and they didn't get a lot of help from anyone else. I just don't see him winning much at all, Pete. Now I didn't watch the tape this week, so
4: no, he didn't. And that's not a great right tackle over there either. I mean, he should be beat that guy. I
3: think he had. Well, he, he should have beat the guy last week. In Denver it was the third team left tackle. I just don't.
4: I, I think he's hurt. Something has to be going on. He, uh, he, he's playing they're both play that's the thing about it Tony and I said this about when you watch them on tape they're both really good football players they're tough physical and they'll hold up and they'll play the run and everything else they're just not dynamic as edge rushers they're just not yeah I don't know hmm. well, you got to keep playing
0: them that's how you find out right well,
4: well, Walker needs to learn the moves, and Tony might be right about Josh Allen because he it, it's not the same guy we saw earlier in the season. He's just not, and I don't know. And these, these are tackles he should be beating consistently. Hmm. You know, and they're, they're just – it's a good, sound group of defensive linemen that doesn't – we go back to the Jeffrey Simmons talk, remember? Jeffrey Simmons. They don't have that guy. Somebody who you must, Chris Jones, that guy, you must account for in every play. And when you account for them on every play, it makes everybody else better. They don't have that. That's right.
0: Hey, let's come back in a moment. We'll take a look around the AFC South. And then coming up in the second hour, we will get to your questions. The Fanatics fan questions and plenty of those after a Jaguars win. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Back with more in a moment. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network.
5: The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: We're back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Monday, and we're heading into Week Ten. JP Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. A look outside TIAA Bank Field. If you're watching on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Yes, the time changed, but the sun is still out. For now, it's not quite five o'clock yet. So a look at the Miller Electric Center under construction. The roof of the grandstand has gone up now, the at least the bones of it, and the construction continues. It'll be open for business next summer. The Jaguars will move in ahead of training camp 2023, and what a facility that should be. All right, so the Jaguars coming off a win. Of course, let's go around the AFC South, shall we? And it was a busy weekend in the division, starting with the Texans on Thursday night. They lost to the Eagles Twenty nine seventeen. Davis Mills. Who's dinging is that? Is that Tony's phone? That sounds like Tony's dinging. What is going on down there? What are we doing? I got a lot
3: going on, guys. I got a lot going on. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a lot going on right <laughs> what, now. What is that, though? What is going on? It's my computer. I, I got my. Listen, <laughs> I was supposed to be prepping all day for the game tonight. And I was in a car, so I couldn't, so I'm, like, trying to look at my screen. I got a lot going on. Be patient. Be patient.
0: Please. I mean, I'm trying to go through the AFC South here, Tony. I mean, what are we doing? This is this is important.
3: Listen. Listen. Okay, if we're going to go through the AFC South, it has to start with Jeff Saturday, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That was coming Where up. Where did that come from? What happened there?
4: I mean, well, I mean, it was inevitable that Frank Reich was getting fired. Yes, at some point. That. And you know teams like to get on with the process. But where do you get Jeff Saturday out of the broadcast booth?
3: Well, and I got I got to imagine, if they're bringing out of the broadcast booth, that means Ursay has prom, promised him some long-term role within the team. He's not going to quit ESPN unless ESPN gave him a leave for three months to get through the season until they hire a new coach. He is a high school
4: football coach somewhere, I think.
3: Okay, that uh, listen,
4: Pete. I mean, he's got those credentials going for him.
3: But Pete, you know, you know, I lean towards that. A lot more players could be head coaches. I agree. Than, than people believe. Now, I don't think they could be coordinators because coordinator, head coaching, coordinating is two different things. Where Doug Peterson does head coach and a coordinator, like most guys, you can't do that without training and really. But I actually think certain guys who are players could be head coaches. I mean, look at what Deion Sanders is doing at, and I know it's not the NFL level, but look what he's doing at Jackson state. He's revolutionized that place. Cause he's a natural leader. Deion Sanders, is a leader. I think Jeff Saturday is a leader too. Um, it still just shocked me that an owner would do that because typically owners in the NFL are very systematic. They don't like going out, coloring outside the lines. This is how everyone becomes a head coach. You work your way up. You become a coordinator then you get in the queue, and then you get your chance to be head coach. Same with GMs. you got to be a scout first, personnel. You can, I mean, that's kind of the traditional path. You rarely see owners departure from the status quo, like Jim Irsay did today, naming
4: um, Jeff
3: Saturday head coach, interim head coach of the
4: Indianapolis Colts. It's crazy. Well, you remember the Texans were almost going to name McCown head coach. I mean, a similar yeah. type situation. Um, but here, here's the thing on, on – what if you're Gus Bradley and you got a coach under Jeff Saturday? <laughs> I mean, you've been a head coach in this league. You've been around the league for a long time, and now you're, 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 your coach is Jeff Saturday. But but I'm with you, Tony. It's, it's not that complicated. If he prepared for it and he knew he was going to be a head coach or whatever, but to be thrown into that role – that's tough to do. You're, you're, you might be familiar with the team, but you don't know those guys at all, and nor do you have any time to get to know them or what they can and can't do. I, 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 it's odd because of the way it happened. But, again, you talk about people color inside the lines. Jimmy Irons, never inside the lines. No, never. No, no. That's true. I mean, he, That's he, true. he's the one who – he made them bench Matt Ryan to play Sam Ellinger. That hasn't worked out. Their offensive line is awful. And, you know, as bad as it's been all year, Tony, I watched, I watched the tape today because I always try and find the worst offensive line or the worst players of the week. They were even worse on Sunday against New England. Nine sacks, ten, because one got called back, and they couldn't block anybody, nobody. And so it's a bad situation. That team stinks. I'll say this. I'm rooting hard
3: for Jeff Saturday. I, like I want him to have success.
5: It can't be any worse
3: than it's been, though. No, I want him to have success. I want, at the end of the year, Jim Ursay to go, I got to hire this guy as my head coach.
5: Hmm. You think 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 that'll happen? happen.
3: I don't know. I didn't think this would happen, so what do I know? I mean, I don't know. I'm just telling
4: you what I hope. I mean, next thing you know, he's going to be Peyton on to be the GM. By the way, he'd be a really good GM. You never know. Right? I don't think Peyton
3: wants to. I don't think Peyton wants to work that hard.
4: I think Peyton not wants to kids, not until his kids are grown. Yeah.
3: No. Right. And I think Peyton would be outstanding at it. By the way.
4: I always so, say there's two guys that knew the players in the league as well as anybody I've ever been around. One, and I'm not going to say that. Shh, Baselli, and the other one was uh, Peyton Manning. When you were playing, you knew who everybody was on everybody else's team. Peyton Manning knew it even more. Uh, two of the best. You. Uh, now you're both. Now you're both in the media. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: what happens. It's a natural progression that way. Um, hey, let's go around the league or the AFC South rather. Eagles over the Texans, as we mentioned, twenty nine seventeen. The Patriots knocked out the Colts twenty six three. That's why all the moves on the coaching staff. And then last night in overtime, a last chance for the Titans with the football and Ryan Radke on Westwood One. So it all comes down to this fourth and 26 from the nine Willis in the gun, three
2: receivers right, single man left, Henry is in the game a wing to the left, Willis back to pass looks, throws right side, knocked away incomplete, the ball game is over the Kansas City Chiefs have won 20-17 to 17 in overtime
0: The Chiefs win and Patrick Mahomes threw it 68 times last night Tony, in that game
3: Yeah, I fell asleep right before overtime because I had to get up at 4am and I was struggling to get through it i i'm gonna talk about the titans more than the chiefs yeah mike ravel is a hell of a coach um hell of a coach they had a quarterback who could only complete five passes and malik what's malik's last name willis willis Willis.
0: i thought he knew every team and every play in the league was
4: well, uh, no, JP, yeah. he knew who they were. He just didn't know their names. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. You know what I mean? First
3: yeah, I of all, you. JP, I know this league a lot better than you. Just relax.
4: Thanks, Jody. Um, wow, the,
3: uh, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Um, he had five pat, and he's not ready to play quarterback. I mean, you could, like, Pete, you know this. You watch this. I, I can tell you, in, like the first two series, I'm like this guy, he, no. he, he, can't. He's not. He's not ready.
4: No, he's not. They knew, it. Not ready. They knew yeah, it. They
3: knew it. And the fact that they played that game the way they did and the Chiefs knew what they couldn't do, and Titans had them. They had a chance. They had, multiple, they had a chance to win that thing. and uh, But, you know, too much to overcome. If Tannehill's home. in that
4: game, the Titans win that game.
3: He, oh, gosh,
4: yes. Yeah. Yes, they might, win by,
3: they might win by 10.
4: I mean, the Titans are a tough, nasty, physical team, and that defense is getting better. Those young guys in the secondary have grown up. They're getting better.
3: I was I was so impressed watching that game last
4: night, Pete. I, I just was so impressed. You can have nothing but respect for them. You really can't because they they play the game like Rabel played the game, violent. The right tough. way. Right. The right way. Right. They're tough and physical. And they're it's funny because you look at their offensive line across the board. If you took them one by one, you'd say, How the heck are they running the ball? Because they're not good up. They're not good up front. They're average at best. Jacksonville has a better offensive line than Tennessee does. You know what they do, Pete?
3: They finish. They are physical, and, like, every play matters. Like, there's an urgency about that offensive line. And, yeah, they're not as talented as other offensive lines. I agree with that. But the production speaks for itself. And there is an urgency in how they play.
4: Yeah, they're tough.
0: Let's take a look at the AFC South standings after this weekend now, and see if it matches up with the power rankings for uh, Tony and Pete. Of course, Tennessee at the top, five and three. Indy three, five and one, but fading fast. And Jacksonville three and six. Houston at the bottom, one six and one. Uh, what do you got, guys? Same as um, as the chalk
4: here? No,
3: I got Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston, Indianapolis is last.
4: No, you can't put Indianapolis last. <laughs> Come on. I it's mean, chaos, Pete.
3: Pete, you and I both know that's going one or two ways. They're gonna like yeah. rally a little bit but and win but a few games. But Houston has already gone the other kill. way.
4: Houston's in the other way. It's 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 Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indy, and the Texans. That's the way it is. But you know what? Indy and the Texans are bad teams. That that's why when you go back in that season and you look the shutout of Indianapolis Looked like it was a great deal. It really wasn't that big a deal. But the loss to them up there is. Terrible. It's terrible. Terrible she loss. Never lost that game.
3: The three losses that should not be on your right now are Denver, Houston, and uh, Indy. Indy. Those three. No business losing those three. Three teams. No, not. because Washington was
4: the first game, so anything can happen in the first game. But right. those other three games, so think about it. If they win those three games, they're in the playoffs right now. Yeah, they're 6-3 and three instead of 3-6. Yeah. and six. Yeah. But they're not done. They're not done. They got two games with Tennessee, and they have the big one that they almost flexed out on Sunday night this week coming up against Kansas City. <laughs> 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 but you know what? JP made a good point, though, Tony. It's Nance and Romo. Yeah. I told you it's close. It's close to a flex. (laughs)
5: That's not close to a flex. Okay. No, it's not. Yeah.
3: But Pete, if it would have worked the way I said, it would have been flexed.
0: Yeah, maybe. Hey, we'll come back in the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour coming up. Your social media questions plenty ahead, of course, from Tony and Pete after a Jaguars win this is Jaguar's Happy hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
1: We don't have time to relish in victories and we don't have time to relish in defeat. And you know it's on to the next one, you know onward and upward. and and that's um, you know that's that's my my task, my job as head coach to Make sure the guys stay focused that way and stay stay centered, stay grounded, you know. Um, but it can, you know, a win can definitely lift your sails a little bit and you kind of go into the week feeling a little bit better about yourself.
0: That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. It's hour number two. The Jaguars have won. They knocked off the Raiders 27-20 and snapped a five-game losing skid. The Jags now three and six. Finally finished a football game. They were efficient on offense, of course, shut out the Raiders in the second half on the defensive side. Vegas had a 17-0 lead in the game, but the Jags had a touchdown drive right after that 17-0 lead that kept them within striking distance. And then in the middle for the game, last four of the first half, first four of the second half, the Jaguars flipped it around and got it close enough within a field goal after that first four, the opening drive of the second half and then uh, finished the game. Took the lead early in the fourth quarter and never lost it after that. They held on to it the rest of the way. Great feeling around the team, of course, in the building today. You heard from Doug Peterson right there from earlier today, and the full press conference available on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. But little time to celebrate too much. The Jaguars head to Arrowhead this week to face the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, on to the next, Pete. That's how it goes.
4: What are they like? 10 point underdogs in that game or something. I think they're big underdogs in the game, which I mean, it's going to come down. Can you pressure him? That's all it is. You saw what Tennessee did to him. They pressured with four or five and, and played coverage behind it. And he made him be patient. He doesn't like that. That's not who he is. He, I mean, he threw for 448 yards or whatever it was on Sunday night and they only scored 20 points in overtime. He doesn't like being patient. He likes the big chunk plays. So the question becomes Tony, can they get pressure with their down guys to influence him? Well, that's the key. I mean, you got to keep everything in front
3: of you. You got to play over the top and force him to be patient to your point P. You're dead on there. The question is can you get can you get the pressure with the four or he's not sitting back that, back there for, you know, 10 seconds picking you apart. Um, and that's going to be the test. Yes, I mean, you beat the Chiefs by taking away the run and forcing them to – and not giving a big plays. So keep everything underneath you. And it's okay to give up some first downs because what you're hoping and you're betting against is that you're going to get enough pressure against that offensive line, that quarterback, where you're going to force a mistake or fr- force frustration.
4: I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to look, but they didn't run the ball at all, almost at all last night. I mean, what what did they run the ball? Mahomes had six. Led them with six carries. Pacheco had five. Edwards-Alaire had four. McKinnon had three. That's that's it for the backs. They don't. You get you get behind. They you get them behind. They just totally abandon the run. They're done with the run. But isn't that
3: Andy? Isn't that Andy? Uh, yeah. Reed's mo. Yep. I mean that's what he's done his whole career. I mean that's the. I mean if you're gonna criticize a Hall of Fame coach. That's oh, I don't, criticism. I don't
4: criticize them because here's the way I look at it, Tony. If I'm defending them and they're running the ball, I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Better than the guy right? throwing it around on you. Right. All day.
4: Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather them run the ball. If I'm, if I'm playing defense, go ahead, Andy, run the ball. I'd like to see you improve your running game against me this week. Cause I don't want that other guy slinging it around and his receivers are starting to play better. Smith Schuster's playing better. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they don't have Tyreek Hill, so it's a different offense. But they can still score.
0: How did Tony play last night? Kadarius Tony debut.
4: He couple couple plays early. Uh, you know, he's probably just yeah, still Nothing, put, nothing, nothing
3: head jumped in the, out, though.
4: No, but he's still... His head's in the playbook, probably. He's probably spinning. I mean, he's got talent. He's got real talent. That's gonna If he gets everything straightened out, he's going to help them. You know, he's, the work ethic is the number one thing with him, supposedly.
0: Hmm. We'll see what happens. The uh the Chiefs coming up next week. The uh, Jaguars head out to Kansas City to face uh, the Chiefs in week number 10 coming up after. You know, it's just a relief. It's just a nice feeling around here today, Tony, that uh okay, a little exhale, got the win, snapped the skid. It wouldn't if they didn't get it yesterday, you know. Obviously, this is a tough game this week in Kansas City because of that team by week and then Baltimore's coming up down the stretch, the schedule is tough. Obviously, every week's tough. It's the NFL, but uh, the way they were rolling down that skid, it was good to get it stopped yesterday,
4: Tony. You know, by the way, Tony, real quick, the Giants game is another one they should have won.
3: Yeah, no, they should have, but that's also a you know team with a good record, plays yeah. good football, knows how to win, so I'm like, okay, like that's a coin flip going back and forth. Right. Yes, the way it played out, you should have won, but you had no business losing to the Broncos' no the Texans, or the Colts.
4: By the way, um, what was the feeling like, A, in that booth, B, in that stadium when they were down 17 nothing? Oh, dude, I thought it was like,
3: I'm like, are you kidding me? This, this is, like, this could, like, if this goes on the current trajectory, and by the way, we all forget about when it was, uh, I can't remember if it was 17-7 or 14 nothing. When he misses the wide open fullback or full, wide open uh, Amir, the tailback that we had lost, and, he, and uh, he underthrew it, so Mumu could catch up. If he throws it early and on time, or even as late as he was, throws it with enough high uh, air under it, that's a touchdown. It could have been
4: twenty. That would have been twenty-one. I think it would have been twenty-one-seven. Nothing. If that that no, would no. I think no, that had Jacksonville okay, we, scored already. It would have
3: been twenty four seven then. It was seventeen seven. Oh, it was oh yeah, you're right. Twenty-one seven. It would have been twenty-one seven and then the field goal, the yeah. extra field goal. Yeah.
4: I mean. Isn't that right? JP? it was when why yeah. was Muma in the game, by the so way? So
0: it was it was at this point, just to get it straight, it was seventeen seven and it was a third and three at the Jaguars twenty yeah, Carr, it have been incom- 24-7. Incomplete deep left to Abdullah Muma in coverage. Yeah, that would eight, have been the end of it. Carlson at the thirty eight yarder.
3: That's it.
4: Why was he in the game?
3: I, because I, I I don't know this. I because I don't think Devin Lloyd's been playing great.
4: He's not been playing great. But you put him in for three plays. <laughs> what does no, that he, do? play, he played more. Than no, that. I looked at his snap count. He had him for three or four plays or something. Are cool. you sure about that?
0: Hang on, let's double check Jay, that. Let's Jay, do a B, little please homework.
4: Please confirm that. That seems a lot wrong.
0: Stand by, the crack research rush. staff here. We'll take a look real quick. And Muma in the game yesterday played five snaps out of fifty-nine on defense, eight yeah. percent.
4: See, wow. See, you better learn to watch the game closer. Yeah, I thought you knew I the league. watched it closer.
0: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Look, he's
4: getting all bad today. I thought you he's knew the league, bitter. Tony.
0: I thought you knew the league. Tony,
4: just ask me. I, I, I'll i do your prep work for you for the Saints, because I watched their tape last week. I could tell you all about their team. <laughs> I, I already
3: watched the tape. I am just need some little nuggets. That's all I'm looking for now.
4: Did the, the, Before we move on, the Saints looked like when they played the Raiders, they had 13 guys on defense on the field, didn't they? <laughs> it's unreal.
0: Well, that the Raiders were all sick that week, weren't they?
4: So they say.
0: I mean. Listen.
3: Let's talk about the Raiders just briefly. That's a team that's. You think uh, Mark Davis is going. uh, Where's Rich Passaccia?
5: Yeah.
3: Why did did I get rid of Rich Passaccia? Um, The most amazing stat ever. I'm going to mess up the. Right dates. But I think since 1960 to this year. They'd only given up three or five five. Seventeen point leads this year alone. Josh McDaniels has given up three. And by the way, if you if you look at Josh McDaniels' record after starting six and zero,
5: yeah,
4: at
3: Denver, it's like
4: atrocious. What about Waller getting the money and now all of a sudden the hamstring hurts every week? No comment. I mean, I mean, come on, guys, you got to play that. Their offensive line isn't very good either. That's why I thought. You saw them last week against New Orleans. They just dominated them. Yeah, but they and, looked
3: better before that New Orleans game.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I, I just Jacksonville's got to get better at rushing the passer, P- first and foremost. The, the edge guys have to be better at rushing the passer.
3: If, if you could pick any player right now, if you had the first overall pick, which we're not, I'm not doing draft talk, but would you go find the best pass rusher in the draft?
4: Well, I think about it. <laughs> mm. would you? I mean, you could play Walker inside on third down. Well, I mean,
3: well, I mean, you, you, your decision at the end of the year is you either hope that Trayvon Walker, or Josh Allen are going to develop, and this was in a, just a learning year, or you got to go find a pass
4: rusher. Well, but but again, you're not giving up on Trayvon Walker, are you? Giving I'm up man, on Josh Allen? Are you giving up on Josh Allen? That's the question. I'm not right now, but as his play right now if it mandated you give him a long term contract or you don't would you give him one
3: right now it's um, you're going to play
4: for the, you're going to play on the in your fifth year all right wait. right i'm waiting i'm not giving it to him now I mean, now if he goes against 8 sacks in the second half of the season I, i'm going to give it to you <laughs> I mean, but but you got to you got to get that quarterback on the ground well i, and I also want to be clear we don't know if there is an injury issue if he has something well, if There is there is need to say it
3: I agree with you. I have no idea if there is or not, Pete. I'm just saying it does not look like the Josh Allen from the beginning of the year. If, it's, if there's not, that's even more
4: concerning. I agree.
0: Pete, uh, note the date of November 7th when Tony started talking about the draft. Just saying.
2: No,
3: it's not, I wasn't talking about the draft I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, he did. You brought it up. I'm not. He no, it's not it the up. draft. I mean, I'll change it. If you had, if you had an unlimited checkbook I'll say word. this way. Would you? Which they don't. <laughs> which, which, which position would you trade the, your your first rounder for next year? What veteran position
4: would you trade for? You had to go get a guy. I'm saying
3: what? I'd give up, saying, I'd give
4: up my first I'd, round pick. I'd give up my first round pick at something else for Brian Burns. That's my point. Is, I'm asking you,
3: are you identifying as pass rushers the biggest weakness of this entire team right now?
4: Yeah, probably. Edge, end-game sack, go-home guy is not there right now. He's not there. He's just not. And you expected him to be there by now, did you not? When they drafted Trayvon Walker first overall, and you figured he'd make Josh Allen better because he'd pair him with him, you'd expect one of those two guys to emerge as that. They haven't yet. They're both good. Again, they're both good football players. It's just they're not – that's not what they are. And there yeah, are, no, and in yeah. fairness to him though, Tony, there aren't a lot of those guys in the league either.
3: No, but I thought Josh Allen would be a twelve to fifteen sack guy this year, and Trayvon
4: Walker would be six to eight. And what do they have right now? One, two between them, three. Yeah, they much. I thought. I thought. I thought Josh Allen had
3: two and a half and Trayvon has Well, one, Trayvon maybe? Walker
4: got the one where Josh Allen beat his man and he fell on him and got oh, yeah. that So he has two. So
3: Trayvon Walker has two, week one and
4: then in London. Yeah,
0: Walker officially you know, has two and a half and Josh Allen has three officially.
4: Yeah. Yeah, They those numbers should be six and four or six and five or seven and five. That's what they should be.
3: Well, I, I, actually, I think if Josh Allen had seven or eight right now, And Trayvon
4: Walker at two and a half. He'd be
0: like, okay, no problem. Right. Let's take a time out. Hey, we're going to come back and keep it real. And we're going to discuss this past rush a little bit more when we come back as well. Your Fanatics fan questions coming up a little later. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Five Star Credit Union. Do good. Bank better. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
5: When Jaguars news breaks you'll hear about it first on 1010 XL home of the Jacksonville Jaguars
1: the more you're around him you understand he's he's hard to bring down uh, he's kind of slithery you know through the through the hole when he finds it um, stays low keeps his pads low and and you know gets two to three to four extra yards you know so you um, tough runner, hard runner, Um, and and from that standpoint, you know, you would think that, I mean, it's a little bit surprising that he can do that, you know, but a powerful kid, uh, keeps his legs moving. Um, It's good to see.
0: That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, earlier today, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. Jaguars win. They beat the Raiders 27-20 yesterday in week nine, and it's on to Kansas City to face the Chiefs next week. JP Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco, Jaguars Happy Hour continues in time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today, real ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And we'll stay on the running back conversation of Doug Peterson there. And the question or commentary today, is Travis Etienne a top 10 running back in the league and is it sustainable at this pace with him?
3: I mean, if you just look at production, yes. If you look at his production in the last four weeks, he's one of the best running backs in all of football. It's undeniable. Um, is it sustainable? Time will tell. I mean, he had 28 carries yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not yes. sure how many if he had any catches. Two. The week before he had uh, so he had 30 touches last week. Uh, this past week, the week before he had 24 rushes, I believe, and I think a handful of catches as well. Yep. So you're looking you're looking at over you know, close to 60 touches in two weeks. I don't know. I mean, what I worry about there is his, um, is, uh, can he keep it up? I mean, he's not the biggest man. I mean, you look at like, like you look at Travis Etienne next to Fred Taylor and Fred Taylor looks like a guy who can just take a beating and keep going. And Travis Etienne does not. With that said, I also didn't think Travis Etienne could run between the tackles with power and break tackles, which he does. The dude is tough, and the dude is stronger and more powerful than he looks. We know he has explosive speed. I think just the big question is the wear and tear. Can he, you know, not many guys are built to have 30 touches a week, Pete.
4: No, that's a lot of touches. And and particularly in today's NFL, it's really a lot of touches. Um, you know, back in the day it wasn't, but it is now. Uh, I, but I don't worry about him between the tackles at all anymore. And no, I think I Doug either. Peterson made a good point too. There's certain runners that you don't get square hits on all the time. You know, it's certain like Derrick Henry's a big back, but you get square hits on him because that's the way he runs. He runs he through you. Him,
3: though.
4: No, he but hurt him. but uh, no, not at all. But this guy, you don't get like Emmitt Smith. You never got square hits on him. You know, because their elusiveness they're in the hole.
3: But I think he takes. More big hits than he needs
4: to at his size. He still runs.
3: He runs a little upright at times for me, Pete.
4: Yeah, he does. He does, and sometimes he he tries to turn little runs into like like for example, they had a they were in field goal range and he tried to bounce one and nearly lost about four yards. You remember that play? And he mm-hmm. somehow he escaped and he ended up turning it into like a one yard run or something on the right side of the field. You got You can sometimes you just got to take what's there and take it. You can't turn everything into a home run, but he's he's become a really good runner. He runs weird. His feet are weird when he runs. you ever notice that They go sideways or something it's a it's a weird running style. it's not it, it doesn't have the gracefulness of like a Fred Taylor or something. It's just it, but he's he's a good runner and he's he's hard to hit He's hard to get square hits on. He's a
3: really good football player. I did not think he'd be this good pete. I thought he'd be a situational uh, running back in this league. Tough matchups, you put in the slot, you motion him out, you give him, you know, ten carries a game on, you know, toss cracks and different looks. Um,
4: I did not see him as an every down back, and he is. Credit to him, he is a hell of a player. You know, I didn't either. I mean, I did, uh, I'll put it, I'm going to be, let me be honest, because I like the airback. That's what I like. I like like Kamara and those kind of guys. So in college, when I watched him, I said, he's going to be like that. Then I saw him at a pro day workout down here. They had like a combine and he was standing there. Fred was there that day and Fred was standing close to him. And I looked at the two of them. I said, there's no way, (laughs) there's no way. And I think the year off actually helped him get his body ready to play in the NFL. You see the difference. He's thicker. He's bigger. He's stronger. Yeah. I don't think he would have had that last year. And so from that standpoint, that might have helped him somewhat. But he's a good runner. Yes, he's one of the best 10 backs in the league right now.
0: All right. There you have it. Keeping it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mundavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients. Award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Or we'll a turn with the Fanatics Fan Questions. Busy day on Twitter after a Jaguars win over the Raiders 27-20 the final. The Jags are now 3-6. They snapped a five-game losing skid, and it's Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
5: Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's
0: Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Monday. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and Pete Prisco and Tony Buscelli are with us as well. After a Jaguars victory, it's 27-20 over the Raiders. The Jags are now 3-6. and six. We've got people down uh, Pete, on Twitter, offering Tony travel advice and flight schedules and the like. Uh, uh, th- I thank
3: that. you very much. Thank you very much. I haven't looked at Twitter because I'm – studying during the break the game tonight um i know how to travel i travel more than anyone else right tweeting you and i can't control when there's fog in atlanta and every other flight no sold out. what he
4: said was there's a nine thirty flight out of jacksonville direct to new orleans on sunday night i didn't want to leave
3: sunday night i just got done doing the game with my family in town i don't I mean,
4: so, what? <laughs> getting, so you end up in a car for seven hours driving yeah, through Mississippi. So, yeah, right. <laughs> He's, not, trying, not to He's driving, trying to help you out. you mad at
0: Then you get to drive through sweet home Alabama. Great. That's uh, I mean, fantastic. Come on. There you I go. Like
3: that. I don't like his attitude. Okay. All right.
0: Fair enough. That leads us into the Fanatics fan questions. Of course, <laughs> Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put out the cat signal earlier today. Here's the best that we've come up with. Question number one at the Josh Hampton. Missed y'all's banner last week. With how smooth's playing, is there any way they let him have more snaps over Allen or Walker?
3: Um I would.
4: Who would you play? I who would you play him over? I'm just gonna I, I, I'm
3: just gonna speed the rotation up. They already had a rotation where him and Arden Key came in,
4: right? And so I'm just
3: I'm just lessening the intervals. Uh, I think he's a better
4: r- rusher from the inside, though.
3: Yeah, but I think he's really good on. Um, yeah, but I've seen some good rushes from the outside too, Pete. So if you go to if it's third and seven, <laughs> oh, third and seven, i I'm, I'm I'm going Arden Key and him inside with.
4: Trayvon and
3: Josh outside. Okay, first and ten. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm i I'm gonna, I'm gonna increase the rotation of him
4: on the field. Like, how many snaps did so, Allen and, and um, Walker play on Sunday, JP? Stand by.
0: Let me. Uh, the crack research. Like, staff if, will they get played, if they play, coming up. If they played now, the majority
4: they, of them, you would rotate them in and out in between the three of them.
3: Right when I said that, it
4: depends on the team too, Pete, because.
3: Allen and Trayvon Walker are still better than Smoot in space. Here, are and so the, as a true, as a true stand-up, you know, outside linebacker in a three-four, they're bet they can do more in space and coverage and everything else than Smoot. Go
0: ahead. A snap total for Allen and Walker both played forty-six snaps out of the fifty-nine. That's seventy-eight percent.
4: So you would knock that down, to Smoot played
0: 29 snaps, 49% of the snaps, 29 out of 59.
4: You'd bring him up to, like, 60 and let them drop down to 70?
3: I don't know how – well, to your point, I'm not necessarily taking – how how many snaps of sub-defense were yesterday? That's my question. Let me tell you what. Smoot's on every sub-snap. Every nickel package, he's in there. Rushing the passer.
4: Which is the way he should be.
3: That's my point. So – if you only had 23, there was only 23 subs uh, uh, snaps of nickel. Fine.
4: So what you're saying uh, is you I, play him more in base. No, I, I'd say I make sure he played every nickel snap. Right, but you play him all, Would you play him more in base? Um,
3: I don't know, cause
4: I. I mean, if you don't rotate those guys out, who when if you don't rotate him in the play over there, who are you rotating in the play over there? Arden Key plays over there too. I know, but and he's playing inside on nickel, too.
3: That's what I'm saying. It's, I, it's the same rotation, is my point. I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not worried about first and second down as much, Pete. Not, let me say it differently. I'm not as worried about base defense as much. I'm worried about nickel. When you need someone to rush the passer, he needs to be on the field. He's your best pass rusher.
4: Are Walker and Allen playing too many snaps? That's a lot. Seventy, seventy-six percent is a lot in an era when defensive linemen are rotated a lot. Not for outside linebackers,
3: Pete. How many snaps? Is, how many? What's the percentage of like I'm thinking of other three-four defenses? Cleo Mack and uh, you know, go through your three. It'd be interesting study to see in three-four defenses what percentage of line do those outside linebackers play.
5: I bet you're yeah. higher
3: than you think.
4: Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I mean, but sometimes nowadays you don't consider them three, four. You should get them some more, more as edge rushers, you know. They're not just – it's different.
0: To your point. Like, yeah, I'm going to look
4: and see what Khalil Mack I, played I yesterday. I got it
0: yesterday right, right here, Pete. Uh, he, Khalil Mack played 47 out of 61 snaps yesterday, 77%. Yeah.
4: Yeah, about the same. And, so. and by – let's see, by contrast, what did uh, what did Von Miller play yesterday? Von Miller. I mean, that, that's – Buffalo Bills. I, I'm going to look. I'll tell you right now. Game book. Here we go. He played 44 of 61, I think. That's
0: –
3: yeah.
4: yeah, 70, yeah 73%. 73%. Yeah, you're right. Same Same percent. So then thing. then you wouldn't rotate him in more then?
3: I said it nickel. Do you listen? He
4: plays all the nickel snaps, basically.
3: Does he? Does he play every nickel snap or is it just on uh, third and medium long? That's what I want to go look at. That's my question. I don't know. It depends on how many nickel snaps there are 23, so he played 44%. You're telling me that Jacksonville was only in nickel 44% of the time in a a league that 65 to 70% of the snaps are in some sort of nickel defense because of the offensive three wide, wide receiver sets?
4: Well, so who are you taking off of that means you're gonna take some of the big bodies out of there then. Yeah. Oh, I have no yeah, problem with that. I have no problem with that, because he's a good football player and he pushes the pocket. Who doesn't push the pocket?
3: I didn't watch the film yesterday. So I don't know.
4: I mean Roy Robertson Harris pushes the pocket a lot of the time. I
3: thought he was I thought he was pushing the pocket more effectively early in the season. Like he then, was yes. really disruptive early.
4: Yes. I would agree with you.
0: Our next social media question, Fanatics fan question, HF Audiophile. Tony, are you locking the game against Kansas City after yesterday's performance?
3: No. It's pretty easy, JP. Uh, Negative.
4: Pete, are you locking the game?
3: I think it's going to be a close game. I do too. But I have a hard time picking Jags over the Chiefs right now.
4: They got to take the same mentality that the Titans took. Go smack them in the mouth, or you're not winning. Well, and this team's tough enough to do that, Pete. I mean, they got some tough dudes up front now. Um,
3: yeah, it'll be really interesting. Now, here's That's- the difference, though the Jags' offense will score against this Chiefs' defense,
4: they will. How well, I mean, if if the Titans had a passer, they would have scored on them too. I that's, think. That, that, that's it's, my point, Pete. That's when you play point. that defense, it's really simple. If you block Chris Jones, you're gonna you're gonna have success against him.
3: Agreed. I think I think they will have a good plan for it. Them. Um, I think Doug Peterson. I've said it for
4: 15 times on the show.
3: I think he's one of the best play callers and play designers in the NFL. Except and when I he think... runs
4: the reverse pitch to Jamichael Hasty. Okay. Um <laughs> I saw that play I'm like what is he doing again with this play football uh, I think I think they're going to score I think they're going to score points
3: right. I think
4: Doug I think Doug Peterson's offense is fantastic he has guys open they know how to sit down in areas they're usually getting open a lot of the time because he, the design is good but there are certain times where it's maddening. The play calls are maddening. <laughs> Run the damn ball, would you? <laughs> right up the middle, go. What do you got to pitch he, it to Hasty? I think you're just being negative. No, I'm not. You agree with me. I can tell by the look on your face. I can guarantee you, when he ran that that jet sweep pitch to Hasty, in that booth, you and Lagerman probably looked at each other and shook your head, and you just won't say it. I say it. Actually, on that one, Pete, I'll be honest with you. No. that I was okay with that.
3: It was a poorly executed play.
4: I threw it behind him because I don't think point. he knew how fast
3: he was. Like, if that's executed, I think it's probably a first down.
4: It's. I watched it today. It's close. It would have been close. But I'm okay with that play. It was very poorly executed, though. I will say that he uses the whole field, the width that's of the field. That's what I like about him. Yeah, he
3: puts his guys in space and gives them, his yeah. athletes a chance to make plays. I love that.
4: But you got to admit, there's been four, five, six, seven decisions when you look at him and you go <laughs> during the course of the season. Pete,
3: you watch a lot of football. Tell me a game. Tell okay. Tell me a play call in this league that if you watched for nine games, there wouldn't be three to five plays. You're like, ah, I don't like that. What are you doing?
4: Yeah, you're right. I hate them all. <laughs> Come
3: on! <I> mean. <laughs> so he's played. He's they've played nine games on average. Let's just call it easy for easy math. Six hundred. I mean, sixty plays a game. It's five hundred and forty plays they he's called, and you don't like like
4: three or four. Five. Key situation plays a lot of them. That's why. Oh, stop it! Stop. Yeah. It, stop if it. and you know what? If you sat across from Doug and said the same exact thing to him, he'd agree with me that those play calls weren't good.
3: So I don't
4: know about that. Why you can never say you were wrong? I know, I know guys like that. You? He's yeah, over you there. At, yeah. You look in the mirror. You that's true. I can say <laughs> when I'm <laughs> no, wrong. You. you never say when you're wrong. You never admitted you're wrong. Oh, uh, I admit I'm wrong. I thought Christian Ponder would be good. There, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh,
4: that's, 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 that's years ago. That's easy to say.
0: He's been unbeaten ever since, Tony. Apparently, that's funny how that works. Uh, next question, yeah. social media. Yes, what a day. That suffering Jag fan is the most impressive thing this season, the play of the O-line. It feels like they are a top five to ten unit.
4: Well, somebody
3: said on this show at the beginning of the year that this would be a top ten offensive line. I might is it a top ten
4: offense? Is it a top ten
3: offensive line? Go so look at the rushing numbers and look at the sacks.
4: What do you think, Pete? Want to get in some grades from, from the offensive line ah, for the week?
0: Ah,
3: pro football
0: focus.
4: Listen, we can do that.
3: Go where are they ranked in giving up sacks, JP?
0: we will week. find it real quick. Well, in the meantime, if you're watching on Jaguars.com, there are the uh, defensive rankings, of course. The uh, Jaguars are a uh, very you know, middle-of-the-pack group, but really good against the run, top 10. Uh, oh, that's offense. We're going to defense. Here they are. They're top 10 against the run, seventh in the NFL, middle of the pack overall. And uh, we'll get to the uh, sack totals. Yeah, they're not giving up many sacks, Tony. I'll give you that. It is not uh, at all. Well, the
4: ball gets out fast, too. Okay, hold on.
3: How many sacks are they giving up?
0: Hang on. I got to find it.
3: What are they? What are they in the league?
0: I got to find it. Hang on. I'll find it.
3: And, r- and what are they in rushing offense?
0: Rushing offense is top 10, right?
3: Okay, top 10 rushing offense. Mm -hmm. How many sacks?
0: The Jaguars so far this year have allowed a total of 16 sacks. That is the fourth best total, uh, lowest total in the league.
3: Okay, they're top five in protecting the quarterback and top 10 in rushing uh, rushing the football. I would say they're a top 10 offensive line piece.
4: They're in the conversation for sure. Okay, let me go through the grades. How do you think... Who was the highest graded one? You didn't watch the tape, but just take a guess.
3: Yeah. Um, I'd like Cam Robinson played well.
4: Outstanding. He's number one. Number one offensive lineman. By, and it's pretty, pretty significant. Number two, Scherf.
3: Okay.
4: Number three, um, Shatley. They thought Fortner struggled. I don't know why. And the lowest grade of all, and it's not even close. It's his lowest grade of the season was Juwan Taylor. Well, the best
3: player, one of the best pass rushers in football too. And after watching the tape, I didn't think he was that bad. I didn't either. And it's not like they helped him a ton. They helped him at times, but there was
4: a lot of one-on-ones that he was against Max Crosby. And I thought he held his own. You know, I will say this. Fortner is getting better. One thing he still doesn't do—he doesn't hold those blocks long enough. He'll make you a good, finish, Pete. He'll make a good block, Tony, and somehow, some way, his guy will come off and make the play. You're like you know, it's just he—if all he has to do, if he holds it, it's a great block. He just—he doesn't hold them long enough. That—that's what you talk about. The Titans—they hold them.
3: It's called finishing. We talk about it in every offensive line room. Every offensive line coach talks about it. Every offensive lineman should have it stamped on their foreheads. If you want to be good and have a chance to be great, finish every block. Make it your mission to be on your guy when the whistle is done being blown. Not, when the, not at the start. At the end of the whistle, you are attached to your guy. Good things will happen. It doesn't have to always be pretty, but be attached to your man. It'll be good.
0: By the way, I had that number wrong. The uh, The Jags are second in the league in fewest sacks allowed, 12 this year. Thank you.
4: Sorry. Twelve. My thank apologies. You. I, thought,
3: I thought you were high, Pete. Yeah.
4: So, you know, Tony, I will say this. One thing that if they actually got better edge blocking from their tight ends, they'd really be a good running team because those guys struggle at times on the perimeter to block. Yeah, they're tight ends. That's what happens in this league. Well, I mean, like Ingram, Ingram tries at it. He's just not good at it.
3: Well, he's just kind of – I mean, he's, that's not his main job. He's a move tight
4: end. I know. Great but but you, you're you asked he to do it in certain situations. I get that. He had an back. injury yesterday, didn't he? Yes. Did he have a uh, back, back injury? Doug Peterson back. said
0: he should be okay moving ahead today. That's what okay. he said today. That's good news. Right. The only one uh, – Rayshon Jenkins is in the protocol, still concussion protocol. Everybody else was dinged up a little bit. ETN came off for a minute. He should be good to go moving ahead too. So that was the update. From the head coach, let's get another question or two in on social media. At the other guy two nine nine, Devin Lloyd's not been flashing like he was earlier in the year. Have you noticed anything on film with what's going on with him, or just rookie ups and downs? It was uh, we briefly mentioned this earlier, but is there anything deeper?
4: There were wow. plays on Sunday where he flashed, like he made a, a nice splash play in the hole for a tackle for a loss. He made a good play on a pass defense. There's just not enough of him. He seems to get caught out of position at times. He's not great in pass coverage. I am going to look and see what his grades look like because I don't I don't think he, he was just okay. And if I look at their defensive grades from Sunday, he's um he's one of the lowest rated guys and they they is tackling. They had him is the low That's a bit of a problem for him, is tackling. Yeah. He's got the lowest rated tackle grade on the team Sunday and his coverage was the the lowest among anybody on Sunday. So he's struggling. I think his head's spinning a little bit. Yeah. I think
3: I would just, I was going to say exactly what Pete said. I think he's struggling tackling. It's just not clean. He misses too many tackles, call what it is. And then he seems lost to me at times in coverage, like in zone covers, especially it's like, he's not sure where he's supposed
4: to be. Almost. It feels like
3: he's kind of drifts all over the place. He's,
4: that was kind of the it, book on him coming out of Utah, too, is that he, he wasn't great in coverage because he drifted and didn't understand it as well as he, he should have. And and so it's going to take him a little time to get adjusted. He's
3: definitely better in man coverage than zone. Yes. No doubt about that.
4: Yes.
0: Our next and final question today. About the division race, with this is from Matt Duval two one eight eight. With Tennessee having issues and the Colts and Texans struggling, is this division still in reach for the Jaguars to win? And how many wins do you believe it will take?
3: Um, I haven't looked at the Titans' schedule. They have five wins. They're five and three now. Is that correct? Because they already had their bye.
4: Yeah, five and three. Yeah. So they have
3: nine left. I think I think the Titans get to ten.
4: All right, you I want to go the through Jags the tit- have
3: to the to I, I think the Jags have to beat the Titans twice and get the ten wins to win the division.
0: All right, here is the Titans' schedule quickly: uh, against Denver this week at Green Bay, win, win, home against Cincinnati, mm, tough at Philly, tough, home uh, against the Jaguars, loss at the Chargers for, for
3: the Titans, yeah, like
0: uh, beat the Chargers, get lock it. It'd be the first Jags win in Tennessee since, like, you know. Yeah,
4: Lockett, since their history Nixon. has been so good against that club. I
0: think Nixon was in office. Uh, at the Chargers. Uh, That's a win for the Titans. In Nashville against Houston. Win. Uh, uh, and then home against the Cowboys, and then at the
3: Jaguars. Yeah, I think they get five wins. Maybe four. I mean, I think if the Jags get the nine wins, they're going to be in the wild card hunt. And AFC, if you go look at the. so AFC, now you're
4: saying that Jacksonville's getting the nine wins.
3: No, I'm answering the damn fan question, Pete. <laughs> Pay attention.
4: <laughs> so so okay, how many are they getting? Have you amended it now this week? I'm going back to
3: my I'm going back to my original number was seven to nine at the start of the season. I think I think I, I think it's if I had to, if I, I, I don't gamble on uh, sports, uh, I would say I would, if I'd be comfortable saying seven or eight, I think nine's a stretch.
4: Right. I'd say, what did I say? Five to seven? I you, think said I'm six
3: to eight. you said six to eight. eight. Sticking to it. I'll be it?
4: right again. just like last year when you picked them to win 11 games.
0: <laughs> Didn't go so well. I did
3: not pick them to pick, pick 11. That's not
0: true. You have to roll back the tape
3: <laughs> on that one. Roll it back because I know that's not true. <laughs> A lot of
0: Kool Aid got drank last season, that's for sure. Hey, there's the Fanatics uh, fan hey, question. Royce, yes, Tony. You
3: guys know it wasn't for me because if you listen to the show, there was no Kool Aid uh, uh, drunk on this uh,
4: show between Pete and I. No, no, none.
0: We're back in a moment. We'll go around the National Football League. Thanks for all the submissions today on Twitter. A lively group after a Jaguars win 27 20 over the Raiders. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
5: The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: We're back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday, and the Jaguars are celebrating a victory over the Las Vegas Raiders 27 20. JP Shadrick, Pete Frisco. Tony Baselli, Let's go around the National Football League and get to some scores and some calls from yesterday. The Chargers over the Falcons 20-17. The Dolphins beat the Bears 35-32 but Pete, Justin Fields running all over the place. It's the highest rush yardage total for a quarterback since at least 1940 is that right that's ridiculous
4: yes and he's getting better and better and better by the way and somebody asked me one of the guys at my office asked me who's the best quarterback in that draft class right now I still think it's Trevor but I always thought Justin Fields was number two in that class and and I think that's that's the case right now it's playing out that way he's
5: number two
0: I always thought he was really tough. Like the the way he played near the end at Ohio State, he was taking a bunch of hits and like battling with that team and fighting them through. And I just liked the way he was he was tough on that field for the. You know what
4: though? All that running around, you you do gotta you gotta cut it down a little bit though. I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah,
3: it hasn't hurt Lamar Jackson, Pete.
4: Not yet. I mean, still, when he when, you don't get faster as you get older, though. You know, eventually you got to start playing the position in, in the pocket. Or is he just, or do these guys that just run around, are they done once they can't run like they like they can now? That
3: that that'll be interesting. That's a good question. I mean, look at look at Cam Newton. He he went from MVP to out of the league quicker than at a position where you usually play 15 years. It was like after like eight year he, year eight, he was done.
5: Yeah.
4: It's um it wears on you. I'll be curious to see the little guys how they handle it, too.
0: The Bengals over the Panthers, 42-21, and then Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Though the Packers quarterback threw three interceptions, but the Packers still had the ball with a chance. It comes down to the final play in the Lions defense.
5: Fourth and ten Packers trailing the Lions by six from the Lions 17. Rodgers is going to work out of the gun. This building is alive. Clock's at zero again. Th- Rodgers back. He's got it. Looking, looking. Pressure throws it up for grabs in the end zone. Incomplete. Incomplete. Ball game over. Boys, let's get out of here. Four-game losing streak over, and, man, did this team need that.
0: That is Dan Miller on WXYTFM 97. Won the ticket and the Detroit Lions radio network. And, boy, what's up with Aaron Rodgers? I mean,
4: he he threw three interceptions, and he didn't look good at all. They were on him. He can blame the receivers and the offensive line and everything else. Those were on him. The Packers stink. Like I said yesterday on one of our shows, I have my shovel out. I'm digging a hole. I'm ready to throw them in. They're done. They're finished. You know their next three games? Dallas, Tennessee, at Philly. Goodbye. They're done. Yeah, they might not win one of those. And and they look how far behind they are in the division right now. I mean, they're they're done in the division. It's over. We move over. They along lost the, by the way, one other thing. They lost yeah. for Sean Gary for the season. Romeo Dobbs went down with is in a boot, left the building. Aaron Jones left the boot, left the building in a boot. They're done.
3: Yeah, it's going to get ugly there.
0: AFCE. Maybe
3: maybe they maybe they, they should have taken the two first rounders they could have gotten for them.
0: Wow, uh, Bills and the Jets in New Jersey. And the Bills had the football late down by three.
5: The Jets lead by three, fourth and 21. As Allen drops back to throw at his own five-yard line. scrambling to his left.
0: Buying time. Looking downfield. He needs a bomb for Davis. Sauce Gardner's there. It's knocked away. Sauce Gardner in position on Gabe Davis, knocks it away, and the Jets are going to take a knee and win it here at MetLife Stadium. Keeping receipts, Bob Wischusen on the 98.7 ESPN Jets Radio (laughs) Network.
4: Every time I think of where the Jets are right now, I think about they hired Urban Meyer over Robert Sala. (laughs)
0: There's so much joy in that laugh, Tony. What is a, oh
3: that? Oh, my
4: God. Think about that. I mean, Pete,
3: I'm not, I mean, listen, I'm happy where we are now. Doug Peterson is a joy and a great coach and a great person and is building it the right way. Um, so I'm very happy where we are. But Pete knows, and him and I talked about it, and I told him if you would ask me who to hire two years ago, Robert Saul was the best guy to hire. He would have been great here. He would have been outstanding. He's a hell of a football coach. He's a good leader. And um, he's a good
4: person. He's and, a good person too. Yep, yeah,
3: and he's. A, I really like Robert. Good for the Jets. I'm happy who we got, though. You know, one Urban's, quick thing. It, it was yeah. painful
4: for a year, but I'm happy who we got. Doug's a good. Doug's a hell of a coach. One quick thing about the about that game. Did you see Josh Allen has ulnar nerve damage? Yeah, yeah. They're gonna evaluate him tomorrow. You know what that is? That's Tommy John. Mm.
3: No, the, the nerve is not Tommy John, Pete. Yeah. Tommy Johns when you it's
4: tore your ligament. Arm. Ligament, yeah. right. But Two they're different gonna things. But they're, gonna, they're gonna evaluate it to see if it's, they're, they're doing the, the test on it to see. You
2: Don't hope like heck it.
4: that it's not cuz if that thing's torn, he's done. Who wins the AFC East? If he's done, you may as well trot out the Miami Dolphins or the Jets. The Miami Dolphins can't stop anybody, though. They're terrible on defense. And the Jets can't. What about New England coming alive? Who would have
3: thought the NFC East would be the best division in the AFC? Remember, at the beginning of the year, it was like, the
4: AFC West, the greatest division ever. It's the SEC of the NFL. I think <laughs> I even said that. <laughs> and I, I never thought the Broncos were going to be any good, but I thought the Raiders would be better than what they were, and I thought the Chargers would be better than what they were.
3: Well, I I always question the move by the Raiders because I thought going with Josh McDaniels is a 180, the departure from what got you to the playoffs last year, which was Rich Passaccia, Gus Bradley, that that staff that the players
4: loved and played hard for. Right. They hate Josh McDaniels.
0: Vikings over the Commanders 2017. The Seahawks can't lose all of a sudden. They beat the Cardinals 31-21. And the Buccaneers and the Rams, Tom Brady does it again.
5: Evans wide to the left. Here's the snap. In play action. Fake pass to the right side. Caught ball. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Buccaneers take the lead with nine seconds. Kate on
0: fire the cannons. Fire the cannons. Fire them again. Great, Gene Decker off on the Buccaneers Radio Network. Brady, over 100,000 passing yards in the game, guys.
4: Well, I mean, they did nothing the entire game, and L.A. played one of the worst defensive plans I've ever seen at the end of that game. They gave him the sidelines the whole way down the field. But, uh, Pete, in fairness,
3: if Scotty Miller can catch, that game's over the drive before.
4: True. True, but they really didn't do much that whole game. And the Rams no, are the that. Rams are terrible, by the way. They can Every time Stafford goes back to pass, he's looking around to see who's going to blast them. They're awful up front. They're, they're, it's a bad team. One quick thing about the Bucks, they play Seattle this week. The game is in Germany. Seattle's got to go from Seattle to Germany wow. oh, yeah. for that trip. Think about that. That's, That's brutal. Funny. It's eleven hours.
0: That's what it I'm is. They'll get over it. Worldwide game now. Go play the football game, right? Get some sleep. Sleep on the plane.
3: They're gonna get whacked. No, I, I used to say, hey, we used to say when on teams I played on, we'll play in the, we'll play in the parking lot. Let's go. We don't care where it is.
4: Yeah, well, you don't have to travel ten and a half hours to get to the parking (laughs) lot. Monday Night Football, Lamar Jackson and the 5-3
0: and three Baltimore Ravens look to strengthen their hold on the AFC North, plus linebacker Roquan Smith makes his Ravens debut. They'll head to the Caesars Superdome down the road from Tony Basselli right now in New Orleans to face the 3-5 and five Saints and quarterback Andy Dalton, who hasn't won a primetime game since 2018 and hasn't won a Monday Night game since 2014. You're calling the game, Tony. Who you got? Well, if,
3: if the Saints play defense the way they did last week, it's going to be a hell of a football game, and I think the Saints win. Because if there's not a tougher place to play on Monday Night Football, than in New Orleans when that place is going and it's rocking. However, the Saints have the 28th, 28th scoring defense in the NFL, giving up 25 a game. And that's with the shutout last week. They've been atrocious defensively. Maybe they found something last week. But if, they're, if they play the form the way they
4: did the first half of the season, I think the Ravens beat them by two touchdowns. Saints win the game. That defense Ooh. you saw last week is a defense I expected to see all year long. They're getting guys back. Some of those young corners are starting to play really good football. Taylor, the kid from Tennessee, is playing well. Pete Werner was outstanding last week, and they're getting pressure. I think they'll have a great plan to stop, uh, slow down Lamar Jackson. I think the Saints win the game.
3: Pete, if you're right and they play defense that way, I'm with you. I think the Saints will win.
0: All right, guys, have a great call, Tony. We'll talk to you. That's Tony Baselli. That's Pete Prisco. I'm J.P. Shadrick, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, our entire crew. Thank you for listening. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.